When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, friends. It's the Movie Boom Podcast. Podcast, enjoy the show. Zachy and Brian are talking about the movie. Welcome to a movie film commentary track. My name is Zaki Hassan, and I'm here with Brian Hall. Hey, how's it going? Schneider, uh, Niner, <laughs> uh, Mustang, Sally. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm feeling the need for something, Brian. I don't know what that need is, but uh, yeah, we'll maybe, find it. We'll find yeah, it. Well, maybe maybe once we start watching this movie, it'll it'll come to us. Yeah, yeah. So as we record this, we are one day away from the release of Top Gun Maverick. That's right. Yeah, actually, did it come out today? Wednesday. Uh, uh, no, it, it well, it comes out on Thursday. Oh, yeah, I, I was seeing showtimes for today, so it's like that whole Thursday thing pushed back one. Oh, okay. I guess, well, they're doing like like the well, yeah, it's kind of a big deal because uh, you know yeah. it's like a a big non superhero franchise. Oh yeah, yeah, and it and it's so funny because it is such uh, I mean a long distance between sequels, but I saw that they're forecasting like a huge like possibly hundred million plus opening weekend. So. It, it is kind of nuts when you realize this is 36 years later. Wow. Yeah. Which, if if that's not the biggest gap between a movie and a sequel, it feels like it's it's right up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Certainly one that is uh, posed to be this successful. Yeah. So uh, uh, that'll be a conversation we have in a later episode. But uh, for now, we thought, hey, you know, why don't we why don't we uh, hop hop in our our little time machine, hop in uh, in the cockpit of our of our F fourteen. Hmm. And uh, you know, see see where things take us. Let's let's put a little Berlin on the on the on the PA. <laughs> Prepare to have your breath taken away, and <laughs> we'll get things so going. We are going to watch the original Top Gun. There is only one version of that. So if you want to cue that up, you can. Uh, while you do that, Brian and I will take a little break. Let the sponsors do their thing, and we will come back and talk through Top Gun. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit SECUMD.org today. And we are back and ready to go. Brian, you ready to do this? I'm ready. I'm excited. So, so uh, as as we always do with our commentaries, uh, we'll try to make the conversation interesting enough that that you can listen separately if you want. But hopefully, if you do watch along, uh, uh, that'll be enjoyable too. Either way, uh, we are about to hit play, so we will go on three, one, two, three, play. Uh, here we go. This is always nerve wracking for me. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I, I feel like uh, I feel like Merlin right now. That's <laughs> steady, steady. Yeah, I feel like Cougar. Hey, Merlin's Cougar, okay. Cougar, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He sticks it out. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, but but yeah, I'm I'm you know this is this is intense. But here we go. Let's do this. Uh, we'll play on on three. One, two, three. Play. Yes, flawless. There it is. Um, I gotta say, this opening score and these images. I mean, come on, man. Like this, this is really like it gets in your gut and, and really pumps you up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's well, it's so specific. And this is the question I always have, right? Because because there is this deep well of nostalgia for Top Gun. But mm-hmm. like truly, I wonder how it plays for people like right now who are like, oh, you know, we should watch this. The first mm-hmm. quote unquote Top Gun movie before, you know, people seem to have spoken of it in, in hushed tones before. Like, I wonder how it plays. I, well, how did it uh you you said you just watched it with your kids how did it play for your kids yeah i mean it played fine right but they're you know they're kids yeah right right you put something in front like of like them. they're the age roughly i was when i saw it mm-hmm. and you're just like yeah, yeah it's uh you know uh, there's a maverick there and he's being all mavericky <laughs> right right and good. the planes are going fast yeah and, you know you know like whatever um yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I, I it is it is funny. I think when you take a step back, there are things you can sort of think about. Like I, I as I started it, I've said on the podcast before. I've seen this movie maybe a handful of times. I'm not super emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big nostalgia thing for me as much as it is for a lot of my friends. But I do enjoy it. And so I was very curious then to go in watching it closely, knowing we were going to talk about it like this. And one of the main things I was trying to remember when I started it was, what is the ending again? Like, <laughs> is there a war or something? Like, how do they all of a sudden get this like license to go and actually shoot down real planes? Like, I could not remember <laughs> the setup for the ending, which I think you th- actually you think would say something about the movie <laughs> but yeah the movie is filmed in such a way and tom cruise just kind of crackles in his sort of way and the score and the songs and it really kind of doesn't matter like it's just a perfectly yeah. polished package right huh. and so those things like you just sort of you can intellectually know like there's some things missing from it but like you sort of don't care because it's so slick is That's that right. I don't know. That's that's sort of my takeaway from it. No, I th- I think that's apt. Yeah, I mean it. It's very much. I mean, we just saw the the names of Don Simpson and and, yep. and Jerry Bruckheimer, and this was such 
like their aesthetic, right? Which they really pioneered with this movie, arguably. Right. And it's funny because for as much as this movie is associated with Tom Cruise, he was not the first choice. uh, Right. Maverick. (laughs) They, They wanted Matthew Modine. Right, right. Right, and and it's so funny. You know, I just saw Matthew Modine in uh, Stranger Things. You know, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I mean, he's he's. This is no no knock on Matthew Modine as an actor, but like, can it you imagine feels, him as Maverick? Not in the same ways, but in sort of the spirit of the difference between the uh, Back to the Future without Michael J. Fox, but instead <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Right, like it would just be a That's, whole yeah. different vibe, a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. What's um, funny is is uh, another one of the names we saw in the credits was I think the associate producer is Warren Scarin, mm-hmm. and uh, this is like I'm able to place this movie in time based on when I saw it. I saw this in uh, must have been summer of '89 mm-hmm. because I knew when I saw this I knew that name from Batman. Warren Scarin. Oh, funny. Co-wrote Batman. Huh. So here's Zachy, like nine going on 10, being like, Warren Scarin. <laughs> Actually, it, it all adds up. It all adds up. <laughs> so Danger um, Zone, Kenny Loggins, the, the, like the, that song kind of like put him back in play. Like it was a big hit song. Right, and right. It, it, it sort of rescued his career a little bit. You know, that's, now that you mention it, I think my introduction to this movie was the soundtrack. I remember Must my friends been. having this on tape and like, you know, like loaning it to me or, or, you know, and listening to this. And then it was sort of like, and there's a movie to go along with it, you know, like, yeah. Um, sort of, I think part of it too was, I, I always think about this. I remember when I learned like Greek mythology in school and people like sort of remember it. Like I, I just never appealed to me because I saw star Wars before all of that. <laughs> And it was like, it's like mythology, but with lasers, you know what I mean? And so it was like mythology was never going to live up to what I was first introduced to. And so I think likewise with this, it's like I had seen TIE fighters and X-wings and I'd seen the Batmobile and I, you know, like, and so jets, I was like, yeah, they're cool. Like my friends had posters of jets on their walls. Right. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but it was like, you know, but can they shoot photon uh, torpedoes into a, you know, something that's two meters, you know, like I, so it, it like the real world. It's funny because now as an adult, like the real worldness of it appeals to me in a different way than I think it did not appeal to me as a kid. Sure. Sure. You know, like I can yeah, appreciate I, now the, the machines and everything and what they're able to I, do. With you know, it. my recollection of this movie very much is, and there's, there's Tim Robbins right there, by the way. Yeah. And it do frame. <laughs> Shot down 50 Russian fighters. <laughs> 50 fighters full of ungodly shit smelling fouls. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. I have this, it's this weird reflex. Whenever I see Tim Robbins, <laughs> yeah. I just have to say, Andy Dufresne. I just have to do that. Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I think it's a clinical condition. I think it's a problem, actually. Yeah. Crawled through a pipe of shit <laughs> and pee. You know? Like... <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw this, like I said, it was summer of 89, and um, I was visiting uh, Pakistan at the time. Mm-hmm. 
and my my family in Pakistan was really big into the military and fighter jets and all that. My brother mm-hmm. was fifteen at the time; he was into all that stuff. So yeah, our class, right? Yeah, yeah, just that age so or something. Pa- must have been so. So just by osmosis, I sort of I I I I was into the movie through that. But kind of what you're saying is very true. Like I. I, I revisited this just a couple of years, a couple of days ago, excuse me. And I think the last time I saw it the whole way through was probably the nineties and it, it probably the early nineties at that. Mm-hmm. So it like, but it all came back and that's a weird thing. So I saw it enough mm-hmm. times in a very compressed period where it did imprint on me in a lot of big ways. You know what though, it, to its credit, it, it has a lot of iconic moments. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even like the great balls of fire at a piano in a bar, like just so many things that are easy to remember and to like when you revisit them, they make you smile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this interesting, opening. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, good. Sorry. Well, I, I, we just saw the Russian fighter and, and the pilot. And I think it's an interesting choice by the filmmakers that we never uh, personalize the enemy fighters. Yeah, I was going to mention that in the third act, but I had forgotten about the this opening. Yeah, I guess in the original script, it was North Korea. Mm-hmm. And in the final script, it's Russian planes. But like you say, I mean, it, they're the only uh, pilots wearing masks that cover their faces. That's right. Right. They're shot from like a low angle, you know, ominously, but also, yeah, just completely faceless, which I like. I, I agree with you. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's, well, it, and when you realize, you know, the filmmaker said this, they don't consider this a military film. They consider it a sport film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of, when you view it through that lens, you sort of understand some of those choices. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? Like, like even the warfare aspects are relatively muted. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, like, I mean, I couldn't even remember who the threat was at the end because it's more <laughs> like the big game. That's like right. Saying, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Might as yeah. well be Johnny Lawrence in that uh, opposing. <laughs> yeah. Sweep the leg. So there's this a, a Maverick. Goo- there's, there's Mailman, I think, somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mailman. Yeah. <laughs> Mailman, dead meat. <laughs> dead meat, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be making Hot Shots references probably through this whole thing. So Zachy and I, before we started this, said that after we rewatched this in the past couple days, we didn't realize this, but we both immediately started watching Hot Shots right afterwards. <laughs> that's right. So that's it's equally as uh, familiar in my mind right now. Um, but this was the highest grossing movie of 1986. Took Isn't that in, crazy? Uh, uh, yeah, $177 million in the U.S., $356 million worldwide in 1986. Which... I mean, important to realize that at the time, Tom Cruise was not a star. Yeah, like, yeah. This is, this what is kind of it, right? Yeah. 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 Because he had been in, uh, you know, he had been in... Uh, um, risky business. Risky business kind of the big thing, and he'd been in Outsiders, et cetera. And, you know, that you realize, like, before they went to Tom Cruise, they considered, like, you know, Patrick Swayze and Emilio Estevez, and, like, basically mm-hmm. the entire cast of The Outsiders. The outsiders. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, do you can one guess what the number two biggest movie of '86 was? 1986. Um, I'm going to say Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills That's Cop. Was that '86? Uh, Crocodile Dundee. Really? Yep. Took well, America by storm and uh, warmed our hearts. That is. Yeah, that was a moment. Like you have to explain that. 
Right? It's so yeah. funny how that it just there is absolutely no lingering effect of that right now. Yeah, but it, it was a thing. We, you have to you have to explain to people that Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California, <laughs> and you have to explain to them that America loved Paul Hogan for a second. <laughs> yes, these are very yeah. odd things, you know. Yeah. By the way, so this—I mean, this is sort of a shaky landing here, but this landing on the aircraft carrier reminds me of the NES video game. I have to. Oh shout my that out. god! I still have like PTSD from that goddamn game. It was next to impossible to land on that yeah. aircraft carrier. You, you could not land. Forget it. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I got to shout out my dad. That was—he didn't play a lot of the video games that we had, but that was his game. Like really, we'd wake up. Yeah, we'd wake up, go to the bathroom, and I'd see him playing Top Gun. And- <laughs> He, I, yeah, I, I hope I'm not outing him right now, but I remember he, he'd play it. He really enjoyed it. And then when the game genie was invented and I showed him like, look, it's like infinity lives and you can like completely manipulate the game. He's like, give me that. <laughs> put, put it on a top gun. We can finally that, beat it. That the NES top gun game, like, you know, it's like you had one assignment. Just do like a, a zip zap zoom. Yeah. Video game version of this movie. Yeah. Instead, they're like, let's do an eight-bit version of actually flying an F fourteen, and just <laughs> just like, just like give 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 generational trauma to a whole a whole raft of kids. Yep. 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 Like uh, we were all cougar, but we were all cougar by the end <laughs> yes. of the damn thing. Yes. Yeah. In our basements, <laughs> and our friends were like, "Steady." Steady, it was impossible. Guy. I never did. I never landed that plane. I do remember landing, but I remember it was like, but that's the thing. Like now it's funny in games. You just have infinity lives back then. You had like three. You know? <laughs> that's right. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it was good for us. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it's the grown up talking. <laughs> you you cherish what you had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gave us steady hands. We're probably better surgeons these days than <laughs> I don't know. Old generation of surgeons. <laughs> so um, here's james tolkien as the james tolkien character yeah <laughs> yes yeah but i mean amazing right i mean who else yeah i'm trying to like i i'm pretty sure in fact i know this like the order in which i saw james tolkien performances was masters of the universe then this mm. then back to the future i saw back to the future last of those three okay so for me i'm like oh it's the guy from the he-man movie Oh, that's so funny. I mean, he's forever Strickland to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly sense, like yeah. now. Yeah. I think through osmosis, he's Strickland. Yeah. Um, But you know what's funny? In my memory, I mean, he definitely almost feels like he could be coming out of uh, like a parody of these films, like a Hot Shots, the way he just sort of barks <laughs> right. at them. But at the same time, he was more compassionate than I remembered. Totally. I, I had that exact same thought. Like, yeah, or maybe not like just now, but... even when Cougar comes in, I, yeah, so you start like, ah, oh, you nearly got you screw. He's like, hey, man, it's okay. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be fine. Right. It's all right. You know, yeah. Right. And he, he razzes <laughs> him here, but like, he, I don't know. It's sort of like a, he's kind of proud too, you know, in a weird way, but just, I don't know. I, 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 I he's not how I remembered him. Yeah. No, I, I totally, well, I had a similar feeling about Iceman. Where, like, yeah. in my head, I had spent decades sort of thinking of this rivalry, like a Johnny Lawrence, Danny LaRusso yes. type thing. And really, when you watch it, you're like, I don't know. Iceman's kind of like, he seems like he, I think he's right. Yeah. 
I know. It is funny watching a lot of movies. I'm trying to think of others, but... Well, Karate Kid was one that definitely opened my eyes where I was like, oh, like, Daniel isn't squeaky clean in this. <laughs> but, like, with Karate Kid, you sort of have to squint a little bit to look at it, like, to be like, oh, Johnny's the good guy. I think with this, For you sure. just watch the movie. You're like, no, I think Iceman... You know, he's right. Yeah, that, yeah, that no, happens... Right. <laughs> no, he, he is right, because lives are on the line, and he's... Yes. He, <laughs> You know, he's like, I don't like you because you're dangerous. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, but it's it's like when you watch those movies, I'm trying to think of some, but like as a kid and then you grow up and then you watch it and you're like, oh, the adults who are like the heavies in this movie, like <laughs> they may be right. Like they're just trying to save your life, you know, <laughs> because it's a lot of maverick in this being like, yeah, I'm going to fly back. Yeah. And you're like, dude, no, that like this is like it's dangerous. You know? Yeah. <laughs> People could die, you know, right. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, you know what's interesting about this movie too? Just things I've written down. But I've forgotten that this movie was rated PG. Like this is when PG-13 was PG. You know what yes. I mean? Like the movie yeah. that appealed to everyone was PG. And it's so funny how now it's like, you know what I mean? It's all been bumped up a letter. Like it's like G is really like the PG and PG is like PG-13 and... From what we know, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it really is. I mean, they they have like the sex scene with mm-hmm. with uh, with Charlie later, and it almost feels like they put that in there to get the PG. Right, right. <laughs> because right. it does feel incongruous, right, with the rest of the movie. You know, it was actually I was going to save it for later, but that was shot months after they wrapped. Yeah, because they're like, oh, yeah. we need. Uh, well, I, I, my understanding is because like the song. <laughs> the, the producers love the song so much by Berlin. Yeah, that like we, that and I guess test audiences also felt like they needed some sort of consummation of the relationship. There's Adrian Pazdar right there, by the way, from uh, Heroes. Whoa! And he's married to to what's her name? You know, one of the one of the Dixie chicks. Oh, huh. I forget. Natalie Maine. Natalie Maine. There you go. That's the only one I can name. So Adrian Pazdar was on a. TV show it was random called Profit in the nineties. P R O F I T. Yeah, it was a great show. It didn't last, but it's it yeah. was like it was like a cable show before cable. Right, right, right. Like now it would be like oh six seasons on HBO or something, but mm-hmm. it was before its time. Tom Skerritt and Michael Ironside. I think uh, I've had like a lifelong affinity for both of these guys, and it's because of this movie. Right, right. They definitely seem like that that father figure you want. Approval yeah. from kind of a vibe. Tough well, and affair. and and um, uh, the, uh, Viper, the character of Viper, that that was actually the real call sign of the technical advisor for this movie, who was kind of right. the real, you know. You know, it's funny by the way, with the icy glare from Iceman there flipping his pen. Mm-hmm. Not a very impressive pen flip. <laughs> <laughs> kind of messy technique. <laughs> You remember those kids that could do that, or it, the, when it would be on their thumb and they could get it to flip around their thumb? I was like, "What? It looked like a magic trick. I could never do it." Yeah, but this so, I could probably do. <laughs> so you'd be the Iceman in all this. I guess this so. Movie. I guess so. Yeah. I'll take it. I also wonder what would happen if you were really in this class, and you know, the instructors up there talking about jets, and then the person next to me leaned over and was like, "Ooh, just give me a hard on." The 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 homoeroticism in this movie 
like for all the joking about it over the years, it really is like off the charts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember there was some sort of like monologue from Quentin Tarantino. I couldn't place it. I, I looked it up. I guess it's from a movie called sleep with me or something in 1994. And he has a moment where he has this monologue about it. Um, honestly, I mean, that was when it was kind of first brought to my attention, which makes sense. Cause I was like 13 or 14, but uh, yeah, like you say, like you watch it now and it's like undeniable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, no, that's that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of nuts when you look at, like, pretty much every actor in this movie, in, in the major roles, like, went on to have a pretty decent career. Yeah, yeah, pretty stacked cast. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, Anthony Edwards, obviously, he he's, like, never stopped working. He had ER, mm-hmm. and, you know, Kilmer, uh, uh, up until recently it's, it's been working consistently mm-hmm. rick rossovich even his slider right in fact now that i think about it anthony edwards and rick rossovich were both on er oh really because rick rossovich was uh, during the first season of that show he was uh juliana margulies's love interest he was like the the uh, rival to george clooney oh it, wow it's been so long not terrible. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm totally wrong. I'm thinking about that Quentin Tarantino thing again, 94. Because ER started, what, mid-90s? So I guess ER was 94, that. fall of 94. Okay. But yeah. Now, it's uh, interesting with this film uh, that it came, it was inspired by an article from... Yeah. And not even <laughs> like... Guns. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, in California Magazine, May 1983 about U- the u.s navy's top gun school and people are like that's a movie it which the the school itself is not called top gun they they call it they fighter call it town gun. usa which don't you wish that was the title of this movie <laughs> yes yes and had one of those in fighter town usa <laughs> i was gonna say that's one of those animal house like yes. uh colored pencil posters you know with everybody <laughs> popping out of a house and you know totally <laughs> Yeah. You know, in in the movie Val, the documentary, you know, we get a lot of uh, the footage that uh, Val Kilmer shot mm-hmm. um, with his with his camera. You know, he 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 in that documentary he talks about it. He was like one, among the first people to just have a, 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 a camera and he would just, you know, all this mm-hmm. behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting because there was that sort of frat house vibe even behind the scenes, it feels like. You can imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although I read that um, he got so deep into character that I guess him and him and Cruz uh, didn't particularly get along on set. Really? Like really butted yeah. heads? or Well, because he was like, because he, he, he's not Val. He's Tom Kazansky. Right, 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 right. Which like, all right, come on, dude. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh so this obviously another big iconic moment. You've lost that love. Yeah, feeling. like like I feel like this is one of those things that people know of it without even knowing what it's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's a super memorable moment. So Tom Cruise is is how old in this? He's got to be what, like thirty something? That's a good question. I was going to say late twenties, but let's see. Well, he's like sixty now. 60-ish. What is this, 86? Probably shot in 85. He's born in 62. Yeah, so he's like 24. 
Yeah. Good Lord. Wow. There's a shot coming up here that I really like. It's uh, it's like this sort of uh, from up high, kind of wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look right at there. all those people and stuff. Yeah. There's so much to look at. I love that stuff. Well, Tony Scott, right? It's, yep. it's so funny, right? Because, because you look at his career after this movie. I should say the late, great Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just this one after the other, like great action movie. The guy knows his way around a shot, right? And mm-hmm. yet he had done like one art house movie before this. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading an article about him being hired, or maybe it was, I don't remember where I saw it, but uh, basically he he fell asleep during a, a meeting. For, for being hired for this, but like, no, 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 trust me. Like he's really visceral and you're going to love his style and whatnot. And I guess the producer, I don't remember who it was. So I'm not going to say Brokheimer or Simpson, but someone was like, just promise me this shoot. However you want, you gotta get a master shot. Cause apparently his first movie has no masters. So there's like oh, really? no wide for like <laughs> geography. So you can tell what's going on. It's like, a, and apparently, you know, several days in there was no master shot. So like, damn it, Scott, you're not listening. <laughs> like, you gotta shoot masters. Well, I, I guess he, got fired like several times making Mm. this movie. And what ended up happening is there was like extenuating factors that kept him from leaving the set. Huh? Okay. So like they're shooting and there's like bad weather, so he can't leave. So so I'll just keep shooting. And then like, they just forget that they fired him. Right. Right. Well, he's on the payroll. And this happened like two or three times. (laughs) But it's interesting. I mean, his his style. Oh, so that that guy, that's the actual uh, Viper, right? The man that yes. uh, yeah, that's right. That she sits in the booth with the older gentleman. Uh, Viper Pete Pettigrew. He was also the technical consultant right. on the film. Yep, that's a good cameo. I know that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but no, there, there's just it's it's funny for a, a movie. I mean, you know, just people sitting at a bar and him just walking to this lady's room right now. Like, but there's still like it's weirdly. Uh, I don't know. There's just, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, there's like an energy to all these shots as simple as Mm -hmm. some of the setups are. And that was just Tony Scott, you know? And it's funny though, because as time went on, his style got more and more frenetic. I mean, you think of uh, Mm -hmm. the last one I can remember was like Domino or something where it was like, did I take drugs? You know, like, Yeah. yeah. Well, Unstoppable was crazy too. Like a lot of like hyperkinetic editing, but I remember Domino was like a fever dream. Yes. You know, like he and uh, Man on Fire, which also could have been sort of a straightforward kind of film, but it has a lot of, you know, style and wild color choices. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting how his style evolved over the years. It's such a shame. You know, I remember he he passed away very shortly after we started doing this show. Yep. And we had a whole episode just talking about his. I mean, really, like, like in big ways and small, he he set a certain tempo for a lot of the movies we grew up with, even if he wasn't the one who made them. 100%. Yep. Right. Yep. I, I mean, mean certainly you don't get to Michael Bay without Tony Scott. No, no, I know. Right. And it's, and uh, you know, some people in reviews and, and you look back and reevaluating this film, they call it like a music video basically. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you can see that. But compared to where movies are at now, you know, it, oh, it, yeah, feels, yeah. I mean, it feels pretty, uh, you know, not flashy, but uh, it was the start of something. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, yeah. I mean, this is like the Magnificent Ambersons compared to <laughs> the 
<laughs> Wait, so compared to which? Compared <laughs> yeah. to like any given Michael Bay movie, you know? Yeah, let's go six. Compared to though. Ambulance, say, which is yeah, a yeah, for sure. sedate Michael Bay movie, <laughs> uh, relatively speaking. Right. You know, speaking of Tony Scott stories, I had read that the the opening where they're shooting on the aircraft carrier, you know, he wanted all the, I don't know if you want to call it B-roll, but just sort of like all the shots of the the people coordinating mm-hmm. the planes taking off uh, shot against the sun. But as they were shooting, they turned the the carrier around away from the sun. And uh, he's like, no, 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 you got to turn it back. And they're like, well, that's going to cost $25,000. Oh, no. So he wrote a check for $25,000 to turn the, <laughs> really? the carrier around. And uh, is that according to Scott, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm sure the check bounced. <laughs> that's just funny. You know, it's interesting, too, with the whole uh, Navy involvement with this movie, right? Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure you've read many, many times. I mean, every article mentions this, but U.S. Navy recruitment went up 500% post this movie, um, in, well, and, entering into and, the aviation program. And and Air Force recruitment yes. went through the roof, which shows a lot of people didn't pay attention to the movie. <laughs> right, right. But because of that, uh, uh, parts of the script were changed by the military. Like Cougar yeah. at the beginning was supposed to crash. Uh, and, uh, but they were like, no, 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 let's, let's, let's not have it be that. And then, uh, the way that, uh, goose dies later was supposed to involve like a, a crash. Like, no, 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 let's have it be like, you know, a mishap. Yeah. Thing. Which makes sense. I mean, for, for, I mean, granted, I don't necessarily like movies just being like commercials for, for the military and that they're, they're less objective, but, but for a movie like this, well, you need, you need jets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I don't even mean that as like yeah, criticism against the film, but it is like an interesting sort of uh Yeah, I mean that's just that's how it, it goes. And and I think I mean it goes to you know, because Matthew Modine, right, he turned this down because he felt like it went against his his uh, his politics. Mm-hmm. Uh in that he felt like it was pro war. And and I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I don't I I do view this as more like a, a competition movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think of it as a war movie. Right. Yeah, same. And, same. You know, and, and, and that's I why part, I think I can understand those arguments, but I yeah. did not feel those things because I had never framed it as a sports movie in my head. But when you say that, that's probably how I'm going to think of it from now on because that's yeah, what they set out to make. I think it is interesting. I I, I definitely think this was my first exposure to Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So I knew the name, but. I didn't see this until three years after it came out. And yeah, like you can totally, I mean, it's just, you 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 can see why he's a star, right? Oh, totally. He just <laughs> like, I mean, it, I mean, nowadays we just, it's sort of, it's like oxygen. Yes. Of course, Tom Cruise is a star. Right. Right. But, but how many, how many actors have stayed at his level for this long? Yeah. You, you're making me realize I've never considered it, but I mean, he's really been there ever since I can remember movies. Right. I I mean, I would go so far as to say there is no other actor who's, who's been a superstar for as long and as consistently as he has. Yeah. At his level. Yeah. At his level. Right. I mean, you name it, right. We can, we can talk about like Harrison Ford and and Tom Hanks, et cetera. And they're obviously they're at a, they're, they occupy a specific uh, uh, stratosphere, but, 
Harrison Ford is not now what he was 30 years ago. That's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, say like, for like an Indiana Jones coming out next year, that's one thing, but right. you know, extraordinary measures or, you know, whatever those films are that he's making, you know, they just aren't hitting yeah. the way that almost every Tom Cruise movie hits, say for like the mummy or something. I mean, you know, he, he's out right now making the rounds uh, to promote the new movie. And, you know, when the, somebody asked him like, you know, would you have been okay with the movie being released to streaming, you know, because of the pandemic. And he's like, that was never, ever going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about it, like he had the pull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We think of it even that not way. Not a yeah, chance. He had, yeah. he had the ability to say no way. Yep. And they said, fine, we're just going to put it in the drawer until it's ready. But you know, like how many other stars have that ability right now? Yeah. Yeah. Not many, but it's wild. I was on Instagram the other night and, uh, somehow I got to Tom Cruise's page through like whatever Top Gun stuff. And, uh, it was crazy to see there was a trailer for this, like back in 2019. That's right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that wild? I mean, yeah. yeah like, like you say, like literally sitting in a drawer for years. <laughs> crazy. But I mean, I think I'm sure the, uh, maybe the board of Paramount would disagree with me, but I think they were right to do it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is made for theaters. Which know? I mean, you know, going back to the first movie, I mean, I, I'll say that I, I always viewed Top Gun as a one-off. Sure. And, and I, as we record this, neither of us has seen the new one. I have no right. reason to think it won't, we won't enjoy it, but just based on sort of the, the early buzz already. But, you know, even when you watch it, you're, you're, I, at least me, I'm not like, oh, what happens next? I'm like, no, it, it feels like a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. A, a good one and done. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Sort of like you, I, I, you've completely opened my mind to something else with the sports thing, but I'm like, they won the big game. Yeah, what else right. do I need exactly. to know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Iceman get along now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, this stuff always kind of fascinates me. Speaking of sports films, when I watch like a basketball movie or a football movie, I always get like dizzy thinking about shooting it. Like, ugh, like all these people to coordinate mm -hmm. and making sure you get all the coverage of, you know, like, you know, what if they don't make the shot and they, you know, like just so much to consider and so many components. Right. And so thinking of this, right, where you've got these million dollar jets and they have to do all these things that are uh, adhere to a script and there's coordinating the jets and they have to look like, oh, this guy's out of control. And this guy comes up to his side, like where to put the camera in the air. Yeah. Like, how do you even do that? Get close to a jet like that to capture that. Like just, well, the, and, and one of the stunt pilots died. That's right. Yeah. While, while making this, you know, he, he was, uh, uh, tasked with photographing, uh, a, a spin a certain way. And, and I mean, I was reading about it. He, he crashed in the Pacific. They never, they never recovered his remains. Never found him. Yep. Art, uh, Art Schull, I guess. Art Schull. That's right. And yeah, like you said, the film's dedicated to him. Ugh. Yeah, but yeah. Another interesting thing, actually the 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 real Viper uh, tried tried to uh, explain that there would not be like locker room scenes, like at. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, no, you just you just either wear your flight suit home or you change your car. Like there there wasn't all this. <laughs> that is hilarious. But you gotta get yeah, you gotta have the guys in towels razzing. You gotta have the all that all that homoeroticism, Brian. <laughs> All the baby oil. <laughs> so much baby oil. <laughs> Snapping towels, telling each other they're no good. See, like like right here. Again, like 
he he says it in kind of a dickish way, Iceman. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But what I mean, he's saying yeah. is is correct, in fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's a very sweaty movie, too. You notice in every single scene they're sweating. Yeah, I was I was just thinking that. I was like, man, that's yeah, like uh, I'm I'm sitting here. It's kind of like as as we record this, it's the hottest day of the year. Uh so yeah, far. Right. And so I've I'm feeling hotter watching this as every single shot has them just glistening. I know. This is, <laughs> I'm like, this is not helping. That guy's hilarious. Copy thing. That's twice. <laughs> What's he say something about? I want some butts. Yeah. <laughs> but Dude, here too, right? Like I love how we were talking about earlier, like Viper doesn't get mad at them. Right. Like I just I again it's it's a lot of these interesting choices because I think we have sort of gotten conditioned for like the the parody version or the cliche mm-hmm. the overly cliche version. Mhm. And like no Viper's like empathetic actually. There's something kind of I think when you're younger also you always just feel like you're on the verge of getting in trouble at school. But then yeah. when you get older you realize when you're in a certain arena or if you're in you know like these guys are in a place that is the best of the best they're there for a reason so it's mm-hmm. like you might chastise point. them for certain things if they get out of line but you also have like a level of trust with them yeah. i would imagine or otherwise they wouldn't be there they're capable right yeah so I mean, he's like sort right of calling there, him out here a little bit but he is but but when you when you like that volume is about as loud as he gets sure Viper. yeah and I think it's really interesting because because I and I think partially it's just because Tom's scared and he sort of commands a certain amount of gravitas. Mm-hmm. But like he 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 has he he finds this this lane where you're like I don't want to disappoint him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than I'm scared of him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Yeah, and and Michael Ironside, like I said, this is the first movie I saw him in. But he's just one of those guys who, like, uh, you know, and he's been in so. I mean, you know, like Total Recall was shortly after this, but he was in V before this, and I mean, mm. he's just one of those guys who I think, uh, like I said, I just imprinted on him. Right. I'm like, this guy's cool. He's just got this <laughs> voice, Michael Ironside. Yeah, yeah. Smoking too. You don't see a lot of that. <laughs> Michael Ironside, this is random. He, you remember that show Sequest? Sequest DSD? Yeah, sure. Remember that? He was he starred on the third season of that show. Okay, did he take so, over for someone like like he Scheider took over for Roy Scheider? Who okay. was on that show. Roy yeah. Scheider was in the first two seasons, and they replaced him with Michael Ironside. Uh, you know that was like a big deal in the early '90s because that was like a Spielberg TV show. That's right. Right. Remember? Well, he produced it at least. Which now, yeah, you know, he well, has his hands in so many pies, but back then. Well, it's funny like, because, because at the time Spielberg had done amazing stories, which didn't do particularly well. Right. And then he did Sequest, which didn't do particularly well. Yeah. And then, uh, about a year or so later, uh, ER came out, which he also was the executive producer on. Mm-hmm. And he even said like, I was so like, I, 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 I wasn't used to ratings this high. <laughs> right. Well, with ER. With the ER, like the first bottom. two experiences. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking around ninety, you know, but no no, it's up there. Yeah. 
And I can appreciate this uh, aspect of the story too, you know, where it's like, Hey man, we're partners and whatnot, but like, I got a family to think about here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, this hot dog and stuff is not going to work with for me. What what I also like is that they're not lampshading it too much. Uh-huh. That, that goose is on borrowed time. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. You're right. Right. Like he, you know, I mean, there is sort of like the doomed partner trope in so many of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think with Goose, it actually is a surprise because I don't think we're expecting that to happen. He's probably where I learned it from. That trope, yeah, yeah, you know? that's a good point for me. I mean, with my age and whatnot, but yeah, yeah, because because certainly, like with a lot of these movies, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, in Hot Shots, there's dead meat, and it's yeah, like dead meat. <laughs> which, to, to their credit, in this movie, Goose is not. <laughs> explicitly dead meat, you know? Yeah, not like, yeah, I just bought a boat with my wife. We're going <laughs> to retire. The, the live the forever, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's funny, too. You, you notice uh, with these older films how much more patience they have with the storytelling. Yeah, in terms of scenes they're willing to to have, like that that scene with with the two of with Goose and Maverick in there, you know what I mean? It just feels like a a slower scene, but because they're good actors and you're invested, you're in, you know you you yeah. you understand and you enjoy the scene. But uh, you, so I'm saying like you understand why it's there, but like it feels like now sometimes movies don't trust an audience to be willing to sit through two scenes of talking, so they have to inject this or that to it. Um, yeah, well, and especially for a movie like this, where the the third act is not a big explodey mm-hmm. action finale, right? I mean, right. it it is relatively contained, and so our investment has to be on the character level, where it, it's Maverick's right. journey, right? Right. And so we need those scenes. Hmm. Yeah. But I just, yeah, when I go back to watch older films, I mean, ones that are well done, some movies are just boring. But when you watch an older film that's well done, I just, I find the tempos noticeable sometimes. Yeah, and when they're done absolutely. well, you're like, wow, this is, they had the patience and it, it, it paid off. And it pays off. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I, the 30, uh, five, 36 years later, people still talk about the death of Goose as being, like a sad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you only get that if if you've if you've done the work to make that relationship work, right? Now, I've said before uh, uh, that uh, a lot of people uh, watched this movie and were like, "I want to join the navy." I watched this movie. I was like, "I want to play volleyball." <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me, but there it is. And we're like, "Well, well come on, Zach!" You're like, "Well, I can't. I'm wearing jeans." Yeah. It's like. <laughs> No matter. I was like, I need aviator sunglasses and dog tags. Otherwise, what are we even doing? (laughs) (laughs) It is funny, though. I mean, because this is why he's late, right? Like, he has to keep it a secret that he's going to go meet with Charlie and why he's late. But it's like, well, what could it be? You know, is he razzing the guys? Is he, you know, what is it? He loses his keys. It's like, no, no, no. Slow motion, sexy volleyball scene. I love this song though. Playing with the boys. Playing with the boys. Yeah. Although again, like I, I missed all the the gay subtext. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I guess you're you're giving something for everybody too. I mean, if you know, for <laughs> for any gay person, like, oh, hey, hey, how about this? And then for any it's, you know it, person who got dragged by their boyfriend who didn't want to go, like, hey, 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 you know. 
Something for everybody here. Hard abs. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards. I know the only guy's wearing a shirt. (laughs) They all they are all ripped though. My gosh, yeah. Hey man, if I was, I'd I'd want to show it off too. It's funny too because when he shows up, he's like, "Can I take a shower?" I was like, you know, yeah, he probably should. Like, (laughs) I felt that. I love all this sort of old school. I, I always associate this with Tony Scott, but like really hazy mm-hmm. dusk yeah. color shots. It's very film, isn't it? It is very film. Yep. Yeah. Look at this I've been shot. to this house, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, his Top Gun is like his movie. And so okay. we went down uh, to watch it on the aircraft carrier that's down there in San Diego. And no before kidding. we went down early so we could go visit this house, which apparently has been refurbished and is open now is like a tourist thing. But when we were there, oh, okay. I think they were still working on it. But nevertheless, it was really cool to see because it's immediately recognizable. You're like, yeah, this is the, it's the sex house. <laughs> sex can, happened you can, here you can smell the musk <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> yeah you have to imagine that that uh, there's a whole bunch of people buying these aviator sunglasses these leather jackets i mean i have such clear memories of a whole bunch of not tom cruise people <laughs> that's funny trying to trying real hard to 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 cosplay as maverick you know, it's funny. We were we were actually hanging out with that friend this weekend and reminiscing about the screening. And I had forgotten about this, but there was a casino represented there on the aircraft carrier, and they had one of those wheels you could spin that clicks. You know, click 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 click, and you win like a prize. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my brother spun it, won aviators. My friend spun it, won aviators. I spun it, I won chapstick. <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious?" And I remember looking at the people running the wheel, like, I mean, you know. Come on, you're gonna give me the right? No. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I walked away. They walked away with sunglasses. I walked away with chapstick. Well, uh, shortly thereafter, there was a big snowstorm, and you were the one with the chapstick in your pocket. That's right. right. That's right. Who who came out ahead there? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> See this scene right here, Brian. This is a good example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's just Patience. like we're just. Well, yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, it's interesting to me that th- they added stuff later to sort of bolster the romance, but I'm like, even without that stuff, I mean, you've got like, this is good. You know, I mean, yeah. they've got chemistry, right? The, the chemistry is between them is, is plain. Just look at the way she's looking at him. You know? Oh yeah. Actually. And I, I don't even want to use the word patience. I want to say, tr- you know, like invest trusting you'll be invested. Hmm. You know what I mean? It is interesting that that certainly at this stage of his career, Tom Cruise is very much pegged as the pretty boy, mm-hmm. uh, sort of vapid, you know, quote unquote, you know, handsome guy actor, mm. right? I mean, I mean, it took a while for people to take him seriously as an actor. Actor. Yeah, it's it's funny because after this is Color of Money, Color of Money, and then if I'm not mistaken, Rain Man. Like you can sort, and then uh, like born on the Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Yeah. So you can sort of see him, almost like you know Will Smith in a way, like carving, imp- willing the path that you know the career that he wants. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I do want to be the blockbuster guy, but I also want to make these important films, and I want to make these 
Oscar films and, you know, like he's well, and, really and, someone who seems like he's carved out the path that he always intended. And, and it is interesting to me that really it wasn't until mission impossible that he did just a straight up blockbuster action movie. Yeah. Right. Because, because I don't, that's true. You know, this That's, was a blockbuster at the time, but it's not a it's not an action movie. I don't think. No. Yeah, you're totally right. right. Wow, you that's know, weird. And, and, I didn't think about yeah, that. Right. And 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 Days of Thunder is. Well, I mean, that's basically Top Top Gun on a racetrack. But I mean, like t- for a while there, Tom Cruise movies were blockbusters, even if they mm-hmm. were blockbuster movies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. You know. I rewatched uh, Rain Man recently, and it's like, wow, this is just. I mean, it's still good, but it's just like just a movie that just would not exist. <laughs> oh anymore, yeah, you know. Um, I oh, mean, let yeah, alone the, the the conversation you could have about Dustin Hoffman playing like a mentally challenged person. But uh, that aside, I mean, just the story. I mean, it's just these two brothers on the road, and it's just a straight up talky drama, you know. You know, I've been I've been rewatching uh, Quantum Leap with my kids. Mm-hmm. And um, there's an episode in the second season where he he uh, Sam leaps into a person with with um, uh, Down syndrome. Interesting, huh? And he sees himself and he says, "Oh my gosh, I'm retarded." No kidding, right? And you're like, "Wow!" Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And I mean, they, it it said enough times in that episode where you're like, "Wow!" Stick yeah. in time. Really, I mean, it just—it's—it's—it's wild to even think there was a moment where they that didn't make them twitch a little bit and be like, maybe there's another. Like it's said from the Sam Beckett perspective, right? Not not the people in the past, right? 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 Our hero, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Um, this was shot about six months after the fact. Yes, so that's why she's wearing a hat. He's got color of money hair. Yes, longer hair. and she's got brown hair, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, up in a hat. Um, well, and I think the, the the scene is important, right? Because you you're trying to sort of you're trying to uh, clarify that their relationship is more than just like the, the physical, right? There's there's something there's something emotional there. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you kind of like you got to earn you you got to earn the ha ha scene later. <laughs> Hubba, yeah, yeah. You got to earn that. <laughs> <laughs> like Tom Cruise's hair looks noticeably different. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, if you're looking. I got to be honest. When I I see it now, it seems very like obvious. Now that I know is is what I was saying. Yeah. Frankly, I feel like I was mostly looking at her hat. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Now, now that you know it, it's totally noticeable. like if you're aware of it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got to be happy. He's like, I'm working with Paul Newman, and you know, like he's he's continually he's uh, he's on the rise here, Tom Cruise. He, I mean, he had a when when you when you look at the arc of his career from the 80s through the 90s. I mean, it is quite remarkable. Yeah, because I mean, he had he was like doing the teen movies, and they're teen movies we still remember. Well, all the right moves, which maybe not as much, but I mean, risky business, right? Yeah, and then Outsiders, but then yeah, then he he made the transition into being sort of the adult character here, and then it just never stopped. 
Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan before she became America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But, but with the little time she has, I mean, she makes a big impression, right? I mean, because yeah. she's Meg Ryan and it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess uh, she and Anthony Edwards dated after this. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she was in Joe versus the Volcano. When was that, like 90? Yeah, that feels right. So Harry Met Sally would. Oh, duh, what am I thinking? That was like 88. Yeah. That would have been the big one. Yeah. See, I mean, when you think about it, though, that's like, like Meg Ryan, she's kind of on the other side of like her superstar phase of her career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these actors, I mean, they have an arc that their careers follow. Yeah. And so th- that's what I, when I was talking about earlier, like when, when you, the sheer longevity of Tom Cruise as a superstar. Right. I, right. I just, I can't, I can't think of any other example in Hollywood history. I really can't. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, say if a Top Gun sequel was coming out this weekend without him, I don't right. think it'd be the same fanfare. Yeah, yeah, a lot of skepticism right. and, you know, like, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's exactly it. There's no reason to do a Top Gun sequel if Tom Cruise isn't in it. Yeah. And he's also one of those guys, I feel this way about DiCaprio personally, some people may disagree, but like, if he is in the movie, there must be a good reason. Like, yeah. those, there are certain actors that don't have to work, and so they only yeah. pick movies that there must be a good reason why they chose to do it. So you think, oh, well, there must be something to this. And it isn't always the case. Like, again, Mummy or you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. whatever, but like Body of Lies or something with like DiCaprio, but like, or Blood Diamond. But like, by and large, yeah. they tend to work with impressive people and make impressive things. So I think, and it's funny that Tom Cruise is still that guy. If he's going to yeah. come out with Mission Impossible 10, it's probably worth seeing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Well, and, 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 you know, going back to the mummy, right. You do say like, well, what went wrong here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a good question actually. Right. Because, because we know that generally speaking, he's got a pretty high bar and he's got a level of involvement. So unlike any whatever, other actor, by the way, I mean like the way that he is, I mean, some of his movies say like Tom, a Tom Cruise film, right. The mission impossible films. Like he uh, yeah, is in all the nuts production, and bolts yeah. of his movies, typically. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting because because um, Mission Impossible was the first movie that he produced, mm. right? And so he he's like taken ownership of that franchise, and right. and it, it's important to remember that you know the third one of those movies didn't do particularly well, if you remember. Right, right. And there was a lot of that. Oh, is Tom Cruise over mm-hmm. stuff? Right. Right, yeah, right. What did he, he do? That, man? All he that just, public stuff. All the yeah, the couch jumping. All that. But I mean, to his credit, he just hunkered down. Yeah. And you know, the, sort of things came back around. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this scene always struck me as very silly, like her almost causing three car accidents. Just to, yeah. To to <laughs> I was just like, that's the one thing that, I, like, you as crazy as this movie gets, you can kind of buy most of it in its own reality but i was like what is this lady doing <laughs> this is crazy yeah see so this scene right here I think, I think, <laughs> which really does feel like it was just dropped into <laughs> exactly i was like i was like i don't think anything makes this feel like more of a 1980s movie than right this. 
not the Kenny Loggins, not the synthesizer score, not the uh, you know rampant Reagan era jingoism. It's just the weird Skinamax semi porno that yeah they, just, they they just they like you said they just dropped it in here because <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess I guess we got to do that. Yeah, like the billowy curtains. Like it almost looks like a music video, you know, like just like yeah. a, they they built a wall, <laughs> put put curtains. Um I whenever I see scenes like this, I'm always I'm fascinated by the behind the scenes like cuz mm. it's got to be as unerotic a thing as possible. Right, sure. I mean that's what they always say shooting actors. It. Yeah. What's that? That's what actors always say, right? Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Like <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we don't, there aren't scenes like this anymore in movies, right? No, no. So, you know, it makes me uncomfortable a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just not used to it anymore, you know? Yeah, I don't know. How, how would you describe it? It's, it's, it's very stylized, and you either buy into its eroticism or you are like sort of made intensely uncomfortable by it. Like it's. <laughs> it's well it's it's weird how in the pre-internet wilderness of the 1980s they would have scenes like that whereas now it feels like well if you want that and more you know where to go right 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 <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's it's like very stylish i don't think audiences would go f- for that anymore no it, it feels it feels like one step shy of like stuff you'd see on skinamax yeah 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 like old like 90s yeah 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 the good old days you know yeah (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) you know i saw uh i was really interested in like the the planes and the, the the coordinating and the cooperation with the military and whatnot reading about this. And apparently the Pentagon charged Paramount uh, almost $2 million for use of all their planes and aircraft carriers in this. And I was like, that feels like a bargain. <laughs> like, really? Like you think, yeah. I mean, I guess thinking of budgets now, you know, you have to kind of consider this budget was much, well, much and, less. And my understanding still. is, is, is most of that was just like gas. Like they were basically like, you, you, you guys got to pay for the gasoline. Right. Right. But other than that, you know, and uh, what I also read is that they only allowed them to shoot one missile. Yes, I saw that or one or <laughs> two or something like that. Yeah. And so they it just was, shoot it, was, it from a million angles so they could keep yeah, using exactly. it over and over. Which, which, is, which I hear that and I'm like, well, that seems smart to me, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, th- that's a good rule. Like, you yeah, shoot one. <laughs> totally. You don't want to be like, here's 10 missiles. Uh, give us back whatever's left. Like you don't want to do that. <laughs> Go nuts, <laughs> give me Hollywood. my change at the end. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure this stuff here is all sort of like a rear project- projection, like from the cockpit. But like, that's what makes this so cool is the fact that they didn't have computers to plus this stuff up, right? They got all these planes to do this cool stuff and they photographed it in a really impressive way. Um, And I did see, you know, there are models used. So that was when I became sort of fascinated trying to figure out what I thought was a model and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's funny that all these years later you would think, oh, well, the sequel to Top Gun, what good is it going to be? Like, it's just all going to be in a computer. And But then, no, no. Tom Cruise says, well, what's that worth? Right? 
And so uh, that's the, one of the main things I'm looking forward to seeing, knowing that they pushed it as far as they could and modern times, putting cameras on these airplanes and sticking the actors in there. And I mean, that's, that's, that's his thing now, right? Like real spectacle. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he had the same level of control here, he would have insisted that Anthony Edwards actually die. To make a movie. <laughs> right. He'd have been like, no, no, no. His neck would break. Right. Right. Uh, he would have snapped it. Yeah. Just to get the shot. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have the toast for Anthony before uh, he's like, what? Yeah, I know. He doesn't know. <laughs> he's like, so this is a scene where Anthony dies. He's like, uh, 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 goose. You mean, you mean right? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a good thing he did get his power till later. <laughs> it's crazy to think that Anthony Edwards. Before this was the Revenge of the Nerds guy. I was thinking that earlier because I was like, he's kind of a handsome guy. Like, it's funny, yeah, that he was like a, yeah, one of the key nerds in Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, that's that's just Hollywood, uh, uh, Hollywood math for you, right? No, no, he's he's a nerd. Have you seen him? He's like, no, he's like a regular looking dude. No, no, nerd. (laughs) Right. I mean, I, to his credit, he he's done all right. He didn't. He's get funny in both. By yeah, them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they kept making those goddamn movies, though. What are they like? Oh, six man. of them? Or something? They were like TV ones. Like, yep, yep. I'm actually curious how many. You know what's funny? <laughs> I I was uh, with some friends several months back, and we were watching. It was like late at night, and I think it was on cable. And we're like, oh, let's watch this. Like, and it was like this movie. Oh, my brother had never seen it. Mm-hmm. And so we were watching it and he was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, like all these like sort of jock looking people just being like, I, I hate nerds. You, know? yeah, yeah. you can see where Homer weird... Simpson got his, uh, yes. his view of college life. Right. right. It's so weird. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember I worked uh, at a studio that was making a sequel to it. And in mid production, this is like uh, 2008, seven, something like that. Mid production, they shut it down. Never finished. No kidding. Yeah. So like this would have had Robert Carradine and like those guys or was it? I, I'm sure they made some sort of cameo. I don't remember who starred in it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. No, it was like a reboot kind of deal. Like, you know, like a new cast, you know, (laughs) another generation. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's funny is you got revenge of the nerds and like uh, police Academy. I would put in the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because Police Academy is another one that they've been trying to bring back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, who on earth is waiting for a new Police Academy movie? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's an IP. You watch them make it, and it's going to be like another Tom Top Gun Maverick situation. That would be absolutely amazing. Police Academy Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> Mahoney. <laughs> I need that movie now. <laughs> I need that to exist now. Steve Gutenberg comes in. It's like, Carrie Mahoney. We didn't think that you'd come back. Yeah. Or you, you got like a picture of Tackleberry on the wall. And- yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and you know, like the score. And then you realize at the end of the trailer, it was Michael Winslow doing the score. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be funny if the Admiral is Bobcat Goldthwait. And he's like, I need you to come back and teach this recruits. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Steve Gutenberg with his sunglasses. <laughs> Dude, Dude if nothing like... else, I, I need I need like a parody trailer of that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Someone can make it. I, I can't believe it doesn't exist, to be honest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so right there, a kid with the... Uh, with the with the cowboy hat, that's that's uh, he's going to grow up to be Rooster Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, apparently the the admiral's daughter they reference is the Jennifer Connelly character. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which again, I said this before, and maybe maybe the new movie will answer this, but uh, Anthony Edwards' kid in this movie would be like forty something now. Right. Right. So Actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, Federica and I looked that up and yeah. he's 35 miles teller. So okay. it's like, eh. I guess it kind of works. Yeah. Squint. Play, but, but I don't buy him as like a young hotshot pilot, right? Like, right, 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 right. Yeah. You picture someone like Tom Cruise here, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe this is he's in a rut. quantum leap thing. We were, we were watching this earlier in the day, me and the boys, uh, yeah. as they're singing Great Balls of Fire. And then that evening, we watched a quantum leap where Sam leaps into a DJ and he plays Great Balls of Fire. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you know what I said, Brian? I said, oh boy. <laughs> it seemed like, seemed like the thing to say. That's funny. By the way, so Kelly McGillis's character here, Charlie's based on a real person. Did you know Yeah, that? yeah. I thought it was interesting because they uh, they said that originally in the script, it was just going to be like some girl. She's like a gymnast or something, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, apparently then when they went to visit Top Gun, they met this woman. Her name's Christine Fox, and she was a civilian flight instructor. And uh, oh, they met her at yeah, Miramar while they were doing research. And uh, they were so impressed by her. They're like, well, that that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which makes you wonder like was she flattered by this portrayal mm. or like slightly annoyed sure i'll leave my uh position or my opportunity in dc to stay with you flyboy yeah right know. you know that's funny but yeah she she rose through the ranks at the pentagon retired in may 2014 as acting deputy secretary of defense. And it's the highest post ever held by a woman at the department of defense. So very impressive person. Pretty cool. Yeah. How funny, like after all those accolades and whatnot, and she can also be like, Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, they based it on me and top gun. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because the, the movie poster for this was, I feel like it was fairly iconic. Yeah. I can picture um, it right now in my head. Right. Uh, you know, we got we got Tom Cruise in the front. We got Kelly McGillis behind him. But when you look at like pretty much every version of this movie on home video past like 2000, it eliminates her from the the key art. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know that because I yeah, I, yeah like, it's, I I pictured the old version. Yeah, you know, it's it'll be like Tom Cruise by the plane or whatever. Like uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, it's like Kelly McGillis erasure. Huh. Just weird. I don't I don't know what I, I wonder why. why that is. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember the Mad Magazine parody of Top Gun. By the way, Top Gunk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that not the most Mad Magazine time. thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, what, but what it had an Alfred E. Newman. It's a, that Top Gun poster, but it's Alfred E. Newman as Maverick. Yeah, and and Charlie is like, uh, like I think sticking her tongue out in the back or something. <laughs> I don't know. Why I remember that. Right. Let's right. so give him a wet willy or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Top gunk. 
comedy gold. Top- <laughs> it's so funny though, right? Because we talk all the time about how the Simpsons shaped our sort of that's our comedy compass, right? Yes. And yet, like Mad Magazine is what shaped them. Mm-hmm. It's not funny, you know. So, so <laughs> it's like we're we're not too far removed from that. Yeah, and I remember as a kid wanting to like Mad more than I actually did. Like it felt anarchic and like something I should mm-hmm. kind of respond to. But I remember thinking like some of it was funny, and I remember loving Spy versus Spy, mm-hmm. but not yeah responding to it the same way that I did The Simpsons. You know, so it's kind of interesting. They took that; they were inspired, but filtered it through something different and then that's what yeah. hit me and hit us well i mean you know I, I i i've said before like i in saudi arabia like i mad was like my exposure to pop culture before i watched the real stuff sometimes right sure sure so i was like oh i guess this is fun. I, was, I was like homer the all id the aller that was me <laughs> like, <laughs> i get it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah the all id aller <laughs> it's a reference to a mad fold in on the Simpsons. I feel like people, yes, which Homer does incorrectly and, and tries to still understand the joke. <laughs> uh, there goes goose. There Ouch. goes goose. Mm. See, like, like I, I think this is itself kind of interesting, right? Like the, the movie is at great pains to show that this was not Maverick's fault. Yes. Yes. Right. And I, I think creatively it's an interesting choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like he carries the like sort of survivor's guilt. Yes. But it's not guilt over, I did this thing and goose died. Right. And, and I, I, again, I only pointed out because that seems kind of novel. Yeah. Uh, that they did it that way, you know? Yeah. You see like, if it was like some sort of motorcycle movie and they're doing a race and he'd be like, come on, man, push it. You know, we'll right. lose everything if we don't do this. And then you're like, oh, I made, it's my fault if I hadn't said this. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and funny because. explicitly. Yeah. They explicitly yes. say, like, it was, it was nothing you did, you know? Right. You get an actual scene of him being dismissed or. Right. Um, like a tribunal or something. Um, but is it Iceman's fault? Explain. Uh, he, he, uh, created that wash and it was, uh, didn't he like veer at like the last minute in the opposite direction? He said he was going to go or something like, it was kind of like a weird freak accident in the sky. Yeah. So, so I mean, those, those are the conditions that pilots have to potentially anticipate in, in in real conditions. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I thought about that when I was watching it and I don't, I don't blame Iceman, but I was, as I was <laughs> looking, damn right, you don't, <laughs> but it occurred to me and it was funny to see then researching online that there are big debates about this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I think exactly what you just said. I mean, those are the conditions they're working with and got to adapt. And sometimes machines will let you down. Yeah, because I mean, the it wasn't so much the wash; it was that his plane reacted a certain way that it shouldn't have. Right. Right. I'll tell you one thing, though. I, I I'm certainly not one of those people who watched this movie and was like, "Well, hot damn, I want to become a pilot." No, not at all. Because <laughs> yeah, even like two days ago, I'm like, I definitely do not want to pilot a fighter jet. That was I was like, I know one thing for certain. <laughs> 
you know, I don't know what awaits me in the afterlife. I don't know if God is real, but I know for sure. I don't, don't want to be a pilot. pilot. Yeah, that, that's one thing I know. If there are planes in heaven, I choose not to fly them. <laughs> that's, 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 that was my determination after watching this. So when did whitey tidies go out? Or tidy uh, I don't know, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I've never been a fan of, of, uh, of tidy, tidy whities. I said that wrong, but yeah, it, yeah. it just feels like that. That was kind of a thing, and then it just kind of unceremoniously went away. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is TMI, but uh, I prefer boxers. I'm a ah, boxer guy. I was a boxer guy for a while. Now I'm a boxer briefs person. Boxer briefs. Okay, never tried it. I don't, I don't, don't care to, don't care to try it. <laughs> not my flavor not my... I just feel like there's a place for everything and everything in its place and uh... <laughs> see I feel like this, this is why people tune in to, to movie film commentaries you get our, we get our, we get our uh, uh, explication and, and uh, uh, you know analysis of, of storytelling choices and uh, we, people get to know what underwear we prefer <laughs> right right I think that's I think that's that little bit of extra that the movie film show offers. I'm happy to to serve it yeah. up. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, what would you do if right now, like an hour twenty in or whatever we're in, if you found out that this whole time I've been watching Iron Eagle? <laughs> <laughs> Iron Eagle, I did happen to rewatch recently, just by chance. It was on it was on television, and it is an I'm um, um, unbearably awful movie. I, I, I mean, I probably haven't seen it since the eighties or early nineties. Like what, what, how so? Well, I don't even remember what it's about. I mean, obviously it's a result of the success of this movie, but y- yes. And it, it's, it, 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 Iron Eagle is the sort of parody version that we keep talking about. Right, right, right. You know, although, I mean, that movie came out in 86 Oh, same year. Yeah. So, um, and now that I'm, I'm actually curious. Uh, Iron Eagle actually came out before Top Gun. Okay. I, wow, I stand corrected. I, I assumed it did, was like a 1988 kind of thing, and like I did not know that. Honestly, <laughs> I had no idea because Iron Eagle was January of '86, and Top Gun was May. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I'll be damned. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I'm, now it I'm kind of curious did, what it, uh, their inspiration was. Yeah. Now I'm starting to wonder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, may, maybe it's one of those things where like it got rushed into production because they knew that this was coming. Mm. But I don't see why that would have been the case because it's not like this is it was this was that there was no reason to think this would be like a mega hit. Right. Right. You know, you're you're making me uh, realize too. I I didn't think about it too much the other night, but we're also uh, Maverick is let off the hook by the widow. You know. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you need that, right? Yeah, which is nice. Actually, I remember it bringing me relief when I was watching it. Yeah, that's a yeah. That, I I agree. Like that's a that's one of those scenes that. You need to like obviously Maverick has to work through his own grief, but yeah, you do need uh you need her to let him off the hook, yeah. It's great acting here by Tom Cruise, by the way. He really like this controlled grief that he, mm-hmm. he plays. I think he does a really good job with it. Yeah. 
so this this uh this whole scene uh where they they very specifically lay out what happened that that feels like another sop to the 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 navy doesn't it like we want to be very very clear oh sure sure yeah we gotta there's a one in a million couldn't have happened you know yeah, yeah. It wasn't pilot error. Like, just... Cannot imagine it happening to future recruits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, so sweaty. It's it's a lot, the, <laughs> the sweat. <laughs> I like to push into the eyes, by the way. You, you don't see just, a lot. Just I, in general as a filmic uh, technique? Or people don't do it too often, but I... Tom Cruise's... I, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> little column A, little column B. Yeah, <laughs> but I always think of uh, Raiders when he's looking for Marion, and the camera just pushes like hard into his eyes, oh, and yeah. it's, you just don't see it often. So when you do, I like, well, even here, you know, I mean, I don't know. You just there's just so much to to read from a person's eyes, well, and, and and I, I think like especially in film, uh, getting those extreme close ups, uh, it carries a little more weight. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting it on such a big screen, right? And generally, yeah. filmmakers try to avoid going in super close because uh, it makes a, it it makes the audience or it can make the audience uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, that's a good call. But yeah, Iron Eagle uh, starred Jason Gedrick, okay, uh, who has had a good career. He's he he was on the TV show Boomtown, and he was in The Last Don. He's Boom he's been on Town, but he, yeah. He, He's terrible in Iron Eagle. Really? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's the movie's just shit. It's just it's, <laughs> it's directed by Sydney Sydney J Fury, who did Superman Four. It's very random. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. You know, you really think about this the story. I mean, what would that do to a person? You know, like right. it would give you like the yips, right? And then to have to go up there in these incredibly dangerous machines and yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I appreciate the drama of this. I think it's really interesting. Well, and and it's an internal story, right? I, I mm-hmm. mean, I think. I I mean, uh, we're we're talking about the movie as being very much an '80s artifact, and yet it it's never really gone away. Like it's remained, you know, at the edges of the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. and so that says something about its appeal, right? And I think that's the character stuff. That's what people respond to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this scene right here is actually what I was thinking of. I was like, he's very kind to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, he could have been like, yeah, see, I told you what happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like people get hurt, man. You know? Yeah. It could be a total yeah. that conversation, but he doesn't do it. He, he's just like, I'm sorry. That's it. You know? Yeah. Everybody liked him. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I can it's see so the Pepsi cans up there. <laughs> the product oh, placement. No, it's very subtle, right? Yeah, yeah. I never noticed <laughs> that before until I read about the Pepsi uh, sponsorship later. Anyway, what were we saying? I like this here where uh, where Wolfman calls uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I know. It's so kind. Right? Right? It really struck me, yeah, the other night. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of what you were talking about earlier, right? It, these, if you're at Top Gun, you're acknowledged as being in this very, very select tier. Yeah. So they would all be in, invested in each other. Yeah, I mean, there has to be 
a level of cockiness. There just has to be for that right. type of what, what is required of what they do. But you, yeah, there has to also be a mutual respect. Like it's just us. Only we belong yeah. here. And there has to be some sort of camaraderie with that. Well, and I think um, you, you said you have not watched the right stuff, right? No, no. Well, so so that's that's a movie that that's that's in your queue. So you got to check that out. Yep. But in in that, I mean, you know, you have these Air Force pilots who are vying to be the first in orbit, right? Mm. And you know, spoiler alert: John Glenn is the first right. person to go up. <laughs> but but it's they're all part of this program, right? So it's not like oh, screw Glenn. You know, it's not like that because they're all part of this 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 unique thing, and it doesn't ultimately. Uh, everybody gets to be part of history, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of that scene in Apollo 13 where they're watching the moon landing, you know, and it's right. I mean, I'm sure they all wish it was them, but there's also this pride. Like that's my buddy up there, you know? Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I I think that's, that's the key thing, right? Like have a healthy amount of ego is obviously important. And, and I think this film is ultimately about that. That's Maverick's arc, right? How to, how to bring his ego in check and realize mm-hmm. it's part of something bigger, but ha- reaching a point in terms of, of your sense of self where you can take pride in other people's achievement instead of viewing it as a knock on you. Right. Right. Which is like that's a good that lesson. We're all on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd read that, uh, speaking of just having Val Kilmer there, that he didn't even want to be in this movie. It was a contractual thing, mm-hmm. which yeah. is interesting because this is one of the roles he's most known for. Yeah. I mean, arguably, you would say like Iceman, Doc, Holid- Doc Holiday, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Jim, Jim Morrison, maybe, you know. Yeah. Like in With terms Meg of Ryan. Most. Now they think about it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny though because because I I saw this after Willow. So the first movie I saw Val Kilmer in was Willow. Oh, interesting. So I always got like you know cocky Han Solo vibes off of Val Kilmer. It was because of Willow. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I didn't see that till recently. Very recently, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you can totally see the the tracing paper over Star Wars. Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) Right. This is the this, and this is the, you know. (laughs) Although, speaking of legacy sequels, they got that coming, too. Yeah, yeah, Disney Plus series. And I'm, like, totally down for that. I'm like, you know what? I didn't realize I kind of want a Willow sequel. If they can recapture that vibe, I'm totally into it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) It'd feel different, you know, than all the other stuff. Yeah. See, I think I, I love this so, scene so too. The, by the way. Yeah, it's a great scene, and and scene. the thought I had was I the fact that uh, Viper's wife is like, oh, Maverick, come on, like, so mm-hmm. he's already got this relationship, right? Yep. And I think that that uh, that's important, you know. And then now we get sort of more of the backstory between him and him and the father, which I think is important. But I again, I I I really like that Tom Skerritt. Isn't in a ton of scenes, but he he makes a mark in in every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is a character you can imagine a cocky kid like this would have some respect for and listen to, and 
That's right. He was, um, well, gosh, I mean, like before this, he was, what, what was he known? Alien, maybe? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, the other Duke Scott, Ford. Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah. Hey, maybe that's how he got this gig. Hmm. Yeah. And he was Duke Forrest in MASH. Whoa. You remember that in the movie? I got it. You know, I've only seen it once. He's, he's the third guy. Wow. So I... you, have, you, have, you have Hawkeye, Trapper, and Duke. Oh, man. I, yeah. And he got, he got erased uh, from the canon when the TV show happened. Huh. Yeah, I'd probably have to see it again, to be honest. Yeah. But he's another one of these guys. I mean, gosh, he's, you know, he was in, remember that show Picket Fences? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't too long after this. He was in that. Okay. Beautiful. And he was huh? just in something recently, actually, that I saw him in. I'm trying to, I can't remember now. Shoot. Yeah. No, so, okay, so the reason the, the Pepsi can popped out at me, I was looking down at my notes again. This movie, it was one of the first VHSs that was priced to own, right? Oh, wow, okay. So, for people who don't know, VHS, when that first came out, if you wanted to watch Star Wars, you know, it would cost you over $100, because they didn't intend for people to own those movies. They thought that uh, they'd have video stores buy a whole bunch of them and you'd have to rent them over and over, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess this was one of the first movies that they made it affordable, like $24.95. But in order to do that, to get to that that price point, they put a Pepsi ad at the beginning. So they <laughs> isn't that funny? So and, and it's funny because then it, it occurred to me that, oh yeah, in those early days, yeah. Batman 89. I was about to say Michael Goff drinking that uh, Coke. Uh, that Coke. Yep. Yep. And so I, I, for me, I just thought they were kind of cool, actually, because they were all themed related to the movie. But it was actually a way that they could make the VHS. They could sell it at that price and still make it profitable for them, apparently. Uh, price it so that they could get it priced to own. Yeah. Isn't that funny? But that tells you about the appeal of this movie, that it was, uh, uh, it was something people would want to watch again and again and, and own it. Yeah, they're like, do you know how much we could make? And people would, everybody yeah. would buy this, yeah. That's so interesting. So the themed ad for this, though, was uh, apparently there's a pilot, and he's got a Diet Pepsi, <laughs> and he can't uh, uh, he can't get it out of the cup holder, basically, that's, that's lodged in. And so he nice. flies the plane upside down and pours it into a glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There yeah, is. I feel like I remember that now that you describe it. Really? That sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. So the score for this movie, Harold Faltermeyer, has, uh, it's it's weird how, like that theme has kind of stayed in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, like, I don't think he has done a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a great score. Yeah. Even though it is, I, I, I'm generally averse to God. Look how young Adrian Pazdar looks. My goodness. Um, <laughs> At first, I the first time I was like, "Is that Casper Van Dien?" He's kind of <laughs> he looks like he came off the same assembly line, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, good. Uh, no, I mean I'm generally averse to synth scores because they do tend to date the movie. Yeah, yeah, ditto. I I also like here, by the way, that uh, Maverick does not get on the plaque. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, the, yeah, no, the, that's his lesson. Like, no, you don't, sometimes you don't get to be on the plaque. Right. You know? Yeah. I like that. There's like a maturity to it. Yeah. Just the story itself, you know? We don't need I mean, to see our hero win at all costs. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like, and you know, this is a, admittedly a strained comparison, but like, we don't need, uh, we don't need Rick and, and Elsa to end up together at the end of Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Yeah. And it, I mean, granted Maverick and Charlie end up together, but like, yeah, but no, I understand, I understand what you're saying. Let's, yeah. The, yeah. The plaque means more than Charlie. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. She's uh who's that? Laszlo or whoever the beautiful friendship or I don't remember who that character's name is. Well, Lazlo's the other guy. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, Louis. It's uh, Louis. Claude yeah, Rains. that's right. Louis, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> it does feel like James Tolkien, just like he was probably just going back and forth between like the aircraft carrier set and the the high school set. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just in his, he's in one particular lane. And he's like, "Who am I yelling at today?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny because Michael J. Fox was one of the people uh, they uh, at least considered for Maverick. That's interesting. Yeah, and and again, it's it, it, that is hard to to picture, you know. Yeah, very different mode. Michael J. Fox, Patrick Swayze, uh, John Cusack. Hmm. I think Scott Bayo was probably in the mix too. Probably, yeah. I, no, it's right? just, it's so, too perfect. Yeah, that I mean, it it it's. They they landed on the right guy. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, Iceman being like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> With Maverick, where again <laughs> you can right. imagine as a kid, be like, "F you, Iceman, <laughs> back up." But like, yeah, me and you, like now in our forties, we're like, "Yeah, no, listen to him." Like, maybe we should consider. Yeah, yeah, this. no, he he's right. <laughs> yeah, let's let's have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't remember if you said earlier, but were you ever like into planes? I guess you said your family kind of was. My yeah, my my uh, certainly my cousins. My cousins uh, were part of like a military family in in Pakistan, and mm-hmm. um, they were real big into all this stuff. And then my brother, I think, uh, through sort of through osmosis, through them, got into it. And then I, yeah. through osmosis of osmosis, uh, was aware of it. Like I, I mean, as a ten year old. I could identify on site an F-16 versus an F-15 versus an F-14. Right, right. Which I'm not saying that makes me part of an exclusive club, but that does feel like a <laughs> but very no, late but yeah, 80s. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, like yeah. a, that's a very late 80s thing, isn't it? Like, it so is. I, I didn't know that it was, but you confirming that, yes. <laughs> it very much was. It's like, yeah, the F-14, that's the Tomcat, obviously. <laughs> Right, right. F fifteen is the eagle, you know. F sixteen was what was that? The Fighting Falcon, I think. Why do, wow, why do I'm, I know I'm impressed, Zachy. Yeah, I, I again, I want to emphasize, I, I could name maybe half of my kids' birthdays. <laughs> right. it, it's a coin toss for a few of them, but, but what's the F sixteen? Well, that's the that's the Fighting Falcon. God damn it! <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> And see, like this here, yeah, 
we got these MIGs. Oh, they're bad. But, but I mean, there's no, there's no context for this engagement at all. What? Are, how do they even set it up? They're like, ah, oh, there's a. I mean, it's someone crossing a, over some sort of border, right? It's something so arbitrary because bear in mind there was no hot war between the U.S. and the USSR. Right. So like, it's it's this very arbitrary thing, and you you, you can't think. <laughs> You can't think too deeply about it. Right, right. You just have to be like, well, Maverick's got to got to throw away those dog tags. That's what we got to get you know up what? to that. And that's that's what it is, right? That's all that matters. It's just a matter yeah. of uh, evading some sort of threat and having him get to where he needs to get. Yeah. And somehow that works. Yeah. As thin as it is. They're uh, really like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's like you bring it up and it's like there is an ungodly amount of sweat dripping. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it, it's. I, I, I don't know if it's just like a hot set or if they just thought that added to the sort of grittiness of it all or. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got like, you got, when you're at a point where you have like, like droplets dangling <laughs> off people's noses. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe you might, might be overdoing it a little bit. <laughs> did Tony Scott do Crimson Tide? He did. Okay, yeah. I'm getting like real Crimson yeah. Tide vibes. Oh, yeah, right here? This, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Man, that's a good movie. I love that movie. It's so good. I was just about to say, man. I mean, that's the thing, though, is he made like good movies right up until the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, even, like, like, admittedly, Domino was not my favorite, right? But it's certainly worth watching. I, I agree. Yeah. You know? If you're just going to sort of follow someone's career, it's an interesting... Yeah. Let's see like what this was. Deja all about. vu wasn't really my speed. Yeah, yeah. Also, same. Val Kilmer, by the way. Really? Yeah, Val Kilmer is is uh, uh, like the FBI agent in that movie. Wow, man, that has almost entirely escaped my memory, except for that Denzel movie. And, yeah. my, I saw it one time. I saw it in the theater, and I knew nothing about it. So you're you're like the first half is like we got to investigate this like terrorist bombing or whatever, and you're following that, and then Val Kilmer shows up, and he's like, "Hey, Denzel." Uh, I got this time machine here. And you're like, what in the world? <laughs> if you don't know, yeah. <laughs> like, what you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't see the trailer. I didn't see anything. <laughs> so, so this is very like myth- methodical forensic investigation. It's like, okay, so I'm going to send you back 24 hours in time or whatever it is. You're like, huh? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> see, all this stuff, like, good Lord. The coordination yeah. of the planes. I mean, this is dangerous to begin with, but then figuring out how to get a camera in another plane or a helicopter and just dive. Knowing that it's real jets. Yeah. You know. Get a- What's interesting, by the way, is I was reading about how uh, they they got most of the actors, I think except for Val Kilmer, they got them up there uh, to get like footage of them in the actual cockpit. Mm. And like most of it was unusable. Oh, really? Because they were just like, tossing their cookies oh sure yeah i'd read that anthony edwards was the only one who didn't throw up yeah he did not get airsick everyone else including tom cruise yeah mr mapother he got he got sick just like the rest of them <laughs> that's funny um that's his real last name right yes thomas yeah. cruise mapother the fourth yeah Yeah, his his uh, cousin uh, is is uh, uh, he was on Lost. Remember, he was he was yeah. Ethan on Lost. Yep, yep. What's his name? William William Apother? I think that's his name. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, he, he, for a while, was in a bunch of his movies. I remember he was in Minority Report. and He's in Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. AKA the worst Mission Impossible. It's <laughs> like, so that's why I don't remember it. Yeah. That is objective fact. That is yeah. the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, too, is that we were talking about unusable footage. Uh, after this movie came out and became a success, uh, the, 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 the studio was like, hey, we're going to do a sequel like without any of the other people involved, mm. without uh, Bruckheimer and Simpson, whatever. Oh. And they're like, well, you're, you're going to have to like make another deal to like get all the footage and stuff, you know? Oh. It's going to be expensive. Like, you can't do it on the cheap. Yeah, and the studio was like, "No, no, we're just going to use like the unused stuff that you shot." And they're literally like, "All right, good luck." And they like the everything that was usable is in the movie. Yeah, I can imagine, huh? Right. <laughs> so in a way, when you think about it, they, they spared us like crappy, you know, uh, low budget uh, sequels of this, which makes getting a sequel now mean more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of impressed also, speaking of this footage, I mean, it looks like you have the camera fixed to these planes, and I have to imagine they're built in such a way to go this fast and be this, you know, so much precision involved. Yeah. Like, there had to be a lot of thought into putting a camera on it, I would imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. not to disrupt anything. It's not. Yeah. I mean, so this stuff, like, you know, that looks really good. Amazing. Yeah, I'm watching this in, in 4K. Mm. Um, and you really see, like, I mean, just the, the, there's a richness in the frame, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you see the, the sort of the, 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 the grain, you know, I, I just, I, I love grain. I know I do too. I was actually <laughs> impressed. We haven't talked about it, but the Chippendale movie that just came out, yes. there was like a, there was a grain, like a layer of grain over it. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> so they probably added that in post. Probably added it in post, but it did. It, it's it, like a it, filter. It gave it some sort of, uh, it, to my eye, to my brain, like this sort of gravitas. You know? Well, it makes sense, right? Because Akiva, Akiva Schaefer directed it would have the same points of reference that we do. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I'm yeah. sure he was like, I want my Chippendale movie to look like Top Gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the missile? That There's the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Make it count. <laughs> yeah. See, and then, yeah, you can imagine, yeah, the models is all the stuff blown up. But uh, I'd say by and large, I mean, it all looks like this is real stuff. I have to admit, I am fascinated by the idea that people would watch this movie and be like, I want to join the Navy and be a pilot. Like, like what, what about it specifically? Because... It all seems kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> it's funny because to me, it makes me want to go out and make a movie, right? You're so right. I guess, I don't know, whatever you're made of. It makes me of, want to play you know? volleyball. We've established <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. It's I, mean, like, I, I, just... I remember. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all. That's all. Good. I, well, I remember reading about how uh, in the line of fire, the Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. How people that watch that movie and they want they they wanted to join the Secret Service. Interesting. And I'm like, so you want people to shoot at you instead of the president? Like, I, I don't get that. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I kind of get it. Like, there's something kind of cool about being like the best of the best. 
you know, sure. speaking of inline fire and even this, you know, like if you are like, I'm not a big daredevil, you know, like I don't ride fast motorcycles and whatever, but like if you have that, then this looks like that times 10. Okay. You know, and they sort of humanize it too. Like these are just dudes like you could know, but they're just really good at, you know, commanding these machines. And so like, I, I yeah. just, I can, I can imagine a certain type of person getting really turned on by that, you know? So I'm just a big wiener. That's that's what I'm <laughs> no, establishing. No. <laughs> that's why. Hey, volleyball uh, isn't easy either, man. Give yourself some credit. <laughs> Running around in the sand, forearms always pink and raw by the end of the game. <laughs> I used to love volleyball, you know. Except after a, like a couple games, I remember playing with these strangers once, and I thought I was like, I'm gonna look like such an idiot. And it ended up being like a ton of fun, and my arms were killing me but i didn't want to really? say anything because i like i don't know these guys probably play every weekend or whatever but i remember someone finally was like yeah i can't do this anymore <laughs> my arms hurt too much so. yeah i mean i played i played uh maybe one and a half times and i realized that really i just want to be in a montage with the kenny Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, so hilarious. none of that worked out for me yeah. yeah requesting flyby get that man his coffee <laughs> <laughs> That's the same guy, right? From I think so. The flyby, yeah, yeah. I want butts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, again, I'm having NES flashbacks right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect too, like comedically the way it's set up. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, yes, thank you for my drink. Like you know, it's happening, and it makes you like. <laughs> Lean forward, even though you know you know exactly what's going to happen. You just can't wait to see it. <laughs> just that that guy needed like a like a cliche name, like you know Admiral Brassbottom or something like something. <laughs> no, yeah, Brassbottom. There he goes again. You know, or something like that. <laughs> like lip shits. Yeah, yeah, you know. lip shits. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> anyway. be fun to yell see with this i always think of the end of hot shots where it's like oh topper what are you gonna do now and he's like i'm going to disneyland I'm going to disneyland yeah see <laughs> that's disneyland. a good example of like a mad magazine type situation where that was the first time i saw that reference was in top gun uh in the, real life have you seen disneyland. it no i had never seen it like oh that, that's like a thing that i say. see okay right i thought you meant like a, so, a parody of something yeah i get it i get it the, that was the first time I heard somebody say, I'm going to Disneyland. And so I was like, well, clearly this is a reference to something. Mm. So, haha, ha, you know? That's really funny, yeah. And I'm sure yeah, I was nice young enough. It was cool to I, see something I knew riffed on like that. I, I did not know it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? No, I was saying it's nice that uh, Ice and, uh, uh, you know, Maverick become friends. You know, and they sort of try to have that moment in Karate Kid, and it's I was nice. thinking that. But but it doesn't work as well for me in Karate Kid. Like it's a real quick turn for Johnny. But yes. like here, you totally buy it, and it's really nice. I I agree. Well, and it's it goes to what we were saying before because it is still a friendly competition at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Now this here, I got to ask. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yes. Why throw away the dog tags? We were talking about this the other night, and I. One, thing to hang on to, right? One hundred percent understand it, it from a story perspective, right? He's letting go shelf. of, 
He's letting go of baggage, Here's a weight on his say, shoulder. Maverick, get, get a little box, put them on, put them on the, put them in the box. Or maybe his wife box. would like them. That's what I was thinking. Sure. You know, <laughs> put them on the mantle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe his son should have those. That's bugged me for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, my, my brain understands it, but my heart fights against it. Like I, <laughs> like I feel like if he smiles and puts them in his pocket, that would mean just as much. Or puts them in a box or something. Yeah. Or send, you know, like yeah, leaves them at the, on the mailbox of of Meg Ryan's character. You know, like yeah, yeah. Like I feel like she comes, so she she shows up. Like, hey, Mav. By the way, I just wanted to get uh, Nick's uh, dog tags. <laughs> that's the after the credit scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the mid credit scene. Yeah, that's the mid credit scene, and then the post credit scene is her being like, "You did what?" <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that's funny. So this this romance angle it's kind of interesting to me because because i i think maverick and charlie ending up together does not mean as much for me watching this now as i'm assuming it did for audiences back in the 80s yeah like it's again it's one of those things i think you just instinctively feel like you want to feel like you've completed the movie successfully but it doesn't yeah, I've never been like really wrapped up in their romance, I suppose. No. I don't this feels like something where she does leave and it's like I'll never forget you or something. You know, like they kind of helped each other through a moment or it doesn't yeah. need to be a romance for the ages. But it was definitely thought of that way in the 80s. Yeah. It feels like you could get away with more of those sort of cliché moments because if they weren't there, we felt like the movie was incomplete. Yeah, Whether or not it made right. any sense or not. Yeah. Speaking of right, it, the sex scene earlier, you know, like obviously some yeah. test audience felt like, well, how are we supposed to believe they love each other? You know, like <laughs> without, without uh, some, some uh, mood lighting. Yeah. Without a red shoe diary scene. <laughs> and now a couple of things. Kelly McGillis is, uh, uh, I think she's like five years older than Tom Cruise. Okay. Which you got to give credit for a movie doing that. Yeah. Especially back then. Yeah, especially back then, right? But it also, I mean, she had a, a pretty good career through the 80s into the 90s. And then it's kind of sad. I mean, it's like she just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the last thing I've seen her in. I mean, Although, I, I, yeah. tend, I tend to think of her in, you know, like, uh, uh, what was it? Witness. Yeah. I was just going to say, this movie reminded me of Witness. And yeah. I was like, oh, I got to watch that again. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm looking up her. I mean, she's been in things. She was in Z Nation. She was in like random things, you know? Sounds like a morning she, video. Apparently, show. she's she's built quite a healthy career out of doing uh, Amish-themed movies. Really? Yeah, like she was just on something on the Hallmark Channel. Oh. Called an uncommon grace, and th- that this is according to Wikipedia. It was McGillis's fourth Amish-themed film. Wow! <laughs> so clearly, huh? she's found a niche. Yeah. Now I love this song, "Cheap Trick," "Mighty Wings." Right. This is a great soundtrack, actually. I was just gonna point out, also, I miss the lost art of 
playing footage from the film as you announce the actors, announce the cast. Yeah, right. Like this I, and Predator. I was just gonna say, I when Federica and I were watching it, I was I was having this very rant, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Predator, it's it shouldn't work. I mean, we just went through this crazy intense. Everybody's we're, we're, dead. We, and saw, we saw them all murdered horribly. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, it's just them like turn like the beginning of Full House, like turning to the camera and smiling <laughs> and being like Shane Black. And I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. There's something kind of cool about it, and I like it in this one too. There's something about like remember the times we had. Like this was, yeah, I don't know. It is, yeah. I mean, that that was much more common. I mean, the, this and Predator are the ones that come to mind off the top of my head, but I do feel like it was a much more of a common thing back then. Yeah. Yeah. And not every movie would benefit from that, obviously, but, but this one certainly did, Brian. I agree. So, so what do you think about uh, top gun? Here we are 36 years later. I had a, a really good time with it. Honestly, like I, I still don't know that it's something, you know, there's certain movies that I just bust out every two years or something. Right. And I don't think it's going to necessarily find its way into that rotation, but I think it's a movie that I'm glad I revisited and paid closer attention to and uh, probably had the most fun I've maybe ever had with it. So, and it, it certainly I got me psyched up for the sequel. Uh, and, and that sequel is what will be the subject of our next uh, regular episode. So yeah, the, the timing uh, was quite apt, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about you? What about you? What, what's your feelings now? I mean, you, you, Love it just the same. You love it even more. I mean, I, I certainly, uh, I, you know, I plugged in t- uh, much more to the story, you know? Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and I, I, as we talked about a lot through our discussion, I, I appreciated the fact that it was a bit smaller scale. It was uh, more willing to let, let scenes play out and really uh, let the, let the story rest with the characters. And I think that right there is, a, oh, I like this. Look at that suggested by Yahudione's article. Oh yeah. Hope, I hope he got a little coin for this. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, but but uh, I think that's the reason this movie is still still talked about. You know, I think it's the character stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know that we're necessarily like. Oh, remember how awesome that dogfight scene was? Even though mm-hmm. like it's all well done, it's all uh, it's effective. That is but, a really interesting point that I think is worth thinking about for a second because it's not like there's. I don't know why this is the first thing that's coming to my mind. The mighty ducks, like the knuckle puck or whatever it is, like, or the flying V or whatever. Like there's like the move that they reference that they can't get right. But then at the end it saves the day. You're totally right. When I think of the iconic moments from this movie, it isn't the fight at the end. Yeah. You're right. It's not some big, awesome move that they do in the planes. You're that's a really good point. Yeah. And by the way, I wanted to. Oh, there's the dedication yeah, right. to Art Uh I wanted to mention that that uh, Jim Cash, who who who, um, who co-wrote this movie along with his partner, uh, whose name I can't remember. It's uh, Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Uh, a few years later, they also wrote Dick Tracy. I just found get that. out of here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Quite a unique uh, unique filmography those two have. Yeah. Hmm. They wrote Turner and Hooch, The Secret huh. of My Success. Wow, these guys were <laughs> rock stars at the late 80s, I early know. 90s. Very specific. They wrote Anaconda. Wow. Huh. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Not not bad. And hopefully uh, they're making a little bank off of uh, the new Top Gun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that wraps up our commentary track for Top Gun. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed listening to this, and uh, we hope you'll join us for our next regular show as uh, when, when, when we do talk through uh, the sequel. Looking forward to doing that. So uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at moviefilmpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash moviefilmpodcast, and message us there. As always, if you like what we're doing, please uh, hit us up uh, via Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Leave a star rating. Every little bit helps. And as always, if there's any movie you would like to see us do a commentary track for, uh, please let us know that as well. So on behalf of my partner, Brian Hall, my name is Zachy Hassan. This has been our movie film commentary for Top Gun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. Yeah.